0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Osholyx podcast on Thursday night, a couple of days, few days before the North London derby. Um, ready to get into it. I'm here. It's me, Raj. We've got Mice with me. Hello, Mice.
1: Hello, mate. How you doing?
0: Good, 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 good. Um, looking forward to talking about this. Uh, feels like it's sort of come out of, not come out of nowhere, but um, yeah, sort of come out of nowhere. I don't know what um, a better way to put it, but I'm hoping this conversation will just get me you know feeling and ramped up for the game.
1: Um but, I've, I've, uh, been, I've been buzzing for it for yeah
0: you're, you're going aren't you?
1: I'm going. Um yeah and oh Fulham have just scored. Two what one was it two one. one Fulham yeah. Um yeah and I think maybe a result of that and like from the Newcastle game just been really really looking forward to it. I've been like so I'm going with my cousin again and um I've been like we've been making plans for Sunday deciding where we're going to go before and stuff and trying to work out how we're going to like, not like die basically. <laughs> so uh, getting up to Tottenham. So um, uh, yeah. So yeah, really looking forward to it, but um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the, the whole looking, uh, you know, trying to make sure you don't die sort of thing. That is important, man. Like, so just, you know, take care of yourself, figure out, figure out some, make some smart decisions as to where you hang out. Um it's really interesting is it because last year when you and i went to the north london derby, we when we went to uh when when we went away um like i i think we kind of we kind of had an okay experience in terms of you know we we managed to avoid any aggro per se um and, you know when we when we met outside the stadium we i i guess we we kind of very quickly kind of made our way into the stadium when we we're drinking in the in the concourse but after the game um you know we did stay to the end. Although I think, you know, many people would advise that you don't, you know, there's so much stuff on social media from people saying like, oh, yeah, don't, don't stay to the end of the game. Um, but we actually did. Um, and that kind of proved to not bite us in the ass. And it seemed to be OK, right? Like when we when we left the game, uh, we sort of managed to make our way out. But you see, I remember seeing a lot of footage from, you know, from people from taking their from their phones after the game. And there did seem to be some aggro. So, uh, yeah, man, stay safe. Because there was another time that you went to the North London Derby, I think, was it was it a cup game where you said it was a bit more larry. Uh,
1: yeah, the old ground. So there's there's been like two... To- I mean, I've not been that often. I've probably only been like four or five times in total. There's There's been two games at White Hart Lane, original White Hart Lane, um, basically been after the game. Like, you know, going in is normally not too much of an issue because unless you're wearing colours or you want to make it obvious you're an Arsenal fan, you kind of just... You keep your head down and you get in. Um, but those two games, they were both night games. And one was, a, I don't know if you remember, it was like, a, it was a bit of a classic game. It was, a, I think it was one where it was like a 2-2 or 3-3 and Van der Vaart scored. Oh. Um, anyway, yeah. And that one, you kind of, if you imagine how Highbury used to be, where everything's pretty kind of congested and narrow and, you know, obviously you're backing up the stadium backs onto houses. So you come out the ground, you imagine just a typical road um, so you come out onto the you come out onto the pavement and you just have a police kind of barrier down the middle of the road. So you're coming out of the stadium, you've got like a roads width, police barrier, and then Spurs fans on the other side. So they're directing the Spurs fans one way and then the away fans out the other way. Hmm. But the barrier is, I mean it might as well not be there because it's not it's the police aren't really gonna like they're not they're not doing a huge amount they're literally just standing there and you just get you just see like Spurs fans and Arsenal fans to be fair go, go, giving it back but you know punches being thrown through the police and stuff um so that was a bit spit you know that was like my I think that was my first experience then there was another time me and Aaron went and um it wasn't anything too bad but we we get we got held back it was the Flamini one where Flamini scored a couple of goals and we won we got held back for ages like Ages, um, we got held back in the stadium. Then we got held back outside the ground before you kind of go onto the main road. I think it's Seven Sisters Road, and um, so obviously you know you're you're in a massive group of hundreds of Arsenal fans. So um, we kind of just had to, yeah, just keep your head down and get out, get get in quietly and get out as quickly as possible. Is my tactic really? It's
0: pretty pathetic, though, isn't it? You know, when people do this sort of stuff after game, it doesn't it doesn't matter how big the rivalry is. Um, you know. Yeah to just to not leave it on the pitch as, as, you know, as a cliche thing to say, but you know, when you're in the stadium, it's all well and good. Like, you know, giving it, supporting your team and chanting and all that kind of stuff. But it is weird, right? You, 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 you you leave the game sometimes and you know, whatever the result, there's always pockets of people who are just looking for a scrap in some of these types of games. I remember when we went West Ham away, uh, (laughs) it was like that as well. If you remember, right. Like that, um, and it was strange. I remember the most weird one I found was recently, remember, when we had Brighton in the League Cup. Brighton in oh, the League Cup. Yeah. Remember, we're walking from the s- from so the Emirates, weird. the station. Yeah, and just this random like scuffle, like t- like real targeted kind of scuffle yeah, yeah. sort of broke out. Um, it's very, very weird. Uh I don't know, maybe we're getting old, but um it's just <laughs> it's just a bit well. it's a bit weird. I don't really get it. Uh but yeah man like stays heavy. I mean, you know, it, last season when we had the North London derby, it was obviously at a point in the season where it was it was like D-day, right? Like that that everything was coming down to that game pretty much, right? Like and um and it was the 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 sort of pre- penultimate nail in the coffin that made us kind of drop out of the top 4 race. Hmm it's a bit different now, right? It's a bit different. It's a bit earlier on the season. And do you, do you think that'll affect the occasion in any way?
1: Um, I think the, the, yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's almost le I don't want to say there's less riding on this game because it's obviously a North London derby and they're always massive, you know, regardless of where the teams are in the league. Um, but I feel like lo- last season, <clears throat> You know, I think we had a few kind of in, we had a few fairly big or important injuries. I think we went into the game, yeah, not with a fully fit squad or fully fit team. I'm not making excuses, by the way. Just trying to remember kind of what the situation was around. No, that we game. didn't. I
0: mean, you're right. We we uh, yeah. uh, the very important players were not available.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know if it, I think when like obviously, like you said, me and you went and pre-match. I think both of us were pretty optimistic we would get a result because it was a game that we just. We, we couldn't afford to lose, basically, right? It wouldn't have been the worst thing if we got a draw, but we just couldn't afford mm-hmm. to lose. And I think we were came into that game in really good form. We lost. And then remember when we were in the concourse,
0: games. we heard the news that Romero wasn't starting as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you
1: were really kind of, you know, you, you especially were very much yeah. like, you know, this is a massive plus, massive uh, boost for us. And I think we came out to our seats and first time in the stadium, first time ever going to that stadium, obviously. And... I was really kind of taken aback by, yeah, just, just the crowd, the atmosphere, the noise that stadium generates. And obviously the Spurs fans were really, really, really up for that game. And they did make it a pretty intimidating atmosphere. And whatever happened in the game, happened in the game. But I genuinely feel like the crowd on that day did contribute to what happened on the pitch. Like I feel like a few of our players really did, were affected by, by the atmosphere. Um, and I kind of, I mean, look, that's probably going to be the same thing on Sunday to a certain extent um, in terms of, you know, again, crowd Spurs fans are going to be well up for it. They're going to be making loads of noise, um, all the rest of it. And that stadium does do a really good job of keeping the noise in. You know, it does really generate a a great atmosphere. Um, But I think we... We come in. I don't know. I feel like we're just in a much more comp- obviously we're 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 doing better than we were last season, just in terms of points and where we are in the league. And obviously Spurs are uh, a fair bit behind us. But even despite that, I just feel like we're coming into the game actually playing very very good football now. You know, and um, I think that I think that <clears throat> the difference for me is we're what seven how many months seven eight months further on. Down this Arteta journey, and I just feel like that's seven or eight months more that the team of the team, the squad, the tactics, the performances, the you know the, the passages of play. Everything has had to develop, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like, as a result, we're a much much better team. So I'm kind of hopeful that we go into this one with more confidence than we did back in May or April or May, whatever it was. Um, but You know, I always caveat it with these games. Like to a certain extent, form does like it's a a cliche. Mm -hmm. Form does Mm -hmm. go out of the window. You know, Mm -hmm. you I I I know we're going to go do predictions right at the end of this, but I don't know what to expect in terms of a result um, because it literally could be anything. Um, Yeah, I
0: I agree. I think that on one hand, I totally agree with what you said about form going out of the window in derbies. We've seen that if we let's say we go historically, right? Historically, when Tottenham were genuinely pretty poor, right, back in the day when they were not really competing for top four at all, and we were a top four side, when it came to the derby, there you still never knew. Okay, fine, Invincibles era, Henri era, we used to win all the time. Forget that. But Mm. after that era finished, despite how poorly Tottenham were doing, you never knew. We, you yeah, know, yeah. You, you, you form, like you say, form went out the window. And I think it's carried on that way ever since. You could probably argue that in recent years, when Arsenal are playing at home, Arsenal tend to win, you know, and tend to actually score a lot of goals and that's whatever. Um, but generally speaking, agree with that, with particularly when we're uh, away, form goes out the window. The thing is, I suppose the one thing I'm hopeful of as well as acknowledging what you've just said in terms of where we're in a better place now than perhaps we were when we played them last time is that last season, really when, when you got to the point where we played them, they knew that if they won, that the momentum would be on their side and they had a good chance of pipping us to top four and there was hardly any games left. So it was like the final hurdle. And I feel the fans knew it. The players knew it. They just, they had to play. That was, if they played the game of their lives that day, the fans and the players, then they had a good chance of finishing top four, and they did. You know, they they the fans did, the players did, etc. Yeah. The, the only thing that you know, therefore, in, in comparison to that, is now we're much further off to the end the end of the season. Spurs have had a really questionable period where even the t- even the games that they've been getting points, the fans I think have known that there are frailties there. And recently they've had some questionable results and poor results and the frailties are showing and the fans have been getting a bit tetchy against Villa. They were booing. It's, it's not great. The atmosphere isn't great. So as much as I think that when we start the game, the fans are going to be you know really, really up for it. I think they're also going to be a little bit, uh, a bit nervy. So if yeah. we can get on the front foot, if we can, you know, start playing and, and start start the game as as we generally start games, I think we've got an opportunity to make the crowd nervy, and I think that permeates the team uh, in a way that, that I'm yeah. not sure we had last time. You know, last time again, it's just like it's cup final. You know, that's it, that that that's all that really mattered. Um, so I'm hopeful because of that.
1: Really. Yeah, I, I I mean I completely agree with that. I think when you look at I mean, if you listen to Spurs fans at the moment um, and you speak to them, like they're not, they're, they're not confident in what Conte's doing. I think they're just more hopeful than anything. Like they're more hopeful that they're going to get a win for the, in their next game. And you compare us to them at the moment, forget, forget like where we are in the table. If you just watch, I mean, obviously we watch Arsenal every, every game and I don't watch Spurs every game, but when you do kind of compare, like I said before uh, earlier, performances and the way, the way that we approach games, the way that we start games, the fact that most of our players are like, especially our attack, well, the, the entire team to be honest, but most of our attacking players are, are in form. Um, there's just like, I don't know when, like I said, when you talk to Spurs fans, they just feel like I don't really get the feeling that they actually have much faith in either what Conte is doing or that they're even going to get a result on Sunday or when they play anyone else. They don't really know what to expect. Spurs are just this Mm. really random team at the moment, you know, losing to Villa 2-0 at home and then going to Palace and winning 4-0. Like their results and performances are all over the place, really, quite Mm. erratic. Because even that Um, Palace
0: game, the first half, they were terrible. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... So it's one of those where that's why I was kind of mentioning the crowd as well, whereas that might be the one of the factors that really does influence the game, because obviously they're going to try and push Spurs, um, just going to try and push Spurs basically and get behind them. Um, But you're right. It's one of those games where if we do what we've been doing for the last, well, basically since the start of the season... And we really do come out the blocks and really go for it. And you say this every game to us, but especially in this game, then yeah, like you say, if we have the opportunity to like silence the crowd, if we really um, kind of, if we can kind of almost negate that atmosphere, um, that could result in us potentially, you know, yeah, going there and 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 winning and scoring some goals. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And like, it's one of, again with the derby, like. You know, everyone's joking about it, but everyone's also not joking about it. You know, the referee, Harry Kane's probably going to score the penalty that they're eventually or likely to get. Um, You know, all of these things are going to play a factor as well. And these are things that you can't, you can predict are going to happen. But, you know, like it's a bit, um, it is quite unpredictable in the sense it could just literally be one bad tackle affects the whole outcome of the game. And so Mm. that's what's going to be really interesting to see if that does happen.
0: Do you have a concern about that? Because, you see, you know, recently there's been this really random thing that's happened, right, where after the Newcastle game, we've been charged by the FA for failing to control our players after, I think, you know, the last, it was the last incident in the game when we appealed for the, the handball. So, you know, FA have, have, have slapped us on the wrist and, um, you know, said naughty. And it's happened again in two games in a row. So we've just, you know, we've gone to Oxford and there was a you know handball shout, and you know what? I've seen it. I just watched it now after the handball shout and our reaction. Yeah, I I really don't think our reaction was over the top. I I I think it's I think the Newcastle one. You can probably argue that we were really we were really elaborate and fair enough because it was like it was stoppage time. Yeah, yeah, there was there was emotion. There was all this kind of stuff. What happened against Oxford? That for me is just normal. That happens every week. Every it's week. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And we got fined again. Like, or, or whatever. I don't know if it's fine, but, you know, we've got got it again. Charge, that yeah. really worries me because that says to me that the FA, it's almost like a conscious decision where they've said, no, we, we, we're we going to nip this in the bud. Mm. They're not... And... But, yeah. They, yeah, go on.
1: And I was so- going to say, but... What, yeah, no, go on, mate. Finish, sorry.
0: No, no, no. All I was saying is that and that concerns me because I feel like, one, will we be very, very concerned about doing that like so will we go into the north london derby and feel like okay we can't really you know appeal and we we have to really watch ourselves and therefore like does that not kind of cause detriment to ourselves and yeah you know and 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 regardless and if we do are the referees gonna do the referees think right now when they're going to the tottenham game uh, arsenal can't say shit to us because you know we warned them twice they're going to be worried and therefore we can we can even on the pitch, we can issue cards, we can do whatever because they've had fair warnings, they can't complain.
1: I mean, it, like you say, mate, it's, it's I don't know what word you use to describe it, but yeah, I, I agree with it. I mean, I say I agree with the Newcastle one. I'm pretty sure that even what happened against Newcastle happens in the Premier League, you know, um, fairly often. And you don't see charges being thrown around. the The, the Oxford game, I mean, yeah, that is... That happens, I don't know how many times in a game. It's like what three players asking the referee the question. I don't think you could call that surrounding the referee. Not I've, at all. You
0: even see Elneny go there and he's hand, hands he's holding hands. his yeah, hand yeah. behind his back because he doesn't want to look threatening and he's just saying, you know, what happened. That yeah. happens all the time.
1: Um and I think there was, um, like, I, was, I wasn't I was watching the Fulham-Chelsea game just now, but I went on to Twitter and then <laughs> there was a few Arsenal fans that had taken some steals from the game because I think, I don't know if it was Fulham, one of the teams was appealing for a penalty, a few players around the ref, and then, I think it must have been Fulham because, yeah, they were like, oh, Fulham FC, I hope you're looking forward to your your charge tomorrow morning from the FA and stuff. And and that, that I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a fast to be honest, and it is concerning. I'm kind of hoping, I mean, it's funny though, isn't it? Because you go back about a year or two, and I'm pretty sure even on this podcast, we were saying to each other, like, oh, I wish I wish we made a bigger deal of like 50-50 decisions or these, you know, like when we when a player mm. goes down in the box or whatever. Or even like if it's like a, a foul and we're just basically trying to get the opposition, opposition, pl- opposition player, sorry, get a yellow card or a second yellow card. Like we don't put enough pressure on the refs and we didn't have a manager... Like you know, we didn't yeah we didn't have a manager that did it enough either, and and Arteta seems to be doing that, and the players seem to be doing that, but now we're all of a sudden getting penalized for it, um so it is a little bit concerning, but I think there's no way that they're gonna you know if you think if if you think about the occasion on Sunday, there's no way that the players are gonna be able to like hold back if you think about mm. how amped up they're gonna be, how charged. I mean, obviously they've got they're gonna you know it's kind of like what happened to Rob Holding last season at at, at the, in this game in this fixture because you know he kind of lost his head a little bit got booked twice and and that obviously had a massive impact on the result but they're gonna to have to keep their heads but at the same time like you've got to, you've got to appeal decisions like you know if Saka goes down in the box and it's and the referee just waves play on you know you've got to put a bit of pressure on the ref because that does have an impact on what VA when VAR see that or when VAR review it or whatever and it does have an impact if the ref has to go to the monitor and have a look at it like all of these little kind of little bits of pressure they do add up and everyone does it it's not like we're worse than anyone else at it everyone does it so i don't know if it's one of those things like back in the day i remember like well i say back in the day but even during the wenger era i mean we used to get a red card every game basically or whatever like yeah and you know it there were times where it felt like the referees were against us or the fa was against us and and maybe look you know when you support that team you know your, your team you you sometimes do feel like you're getting the the wrong end of certain decisions and maybe that's not the case because you're biased but at the same time, there, there's been quite a few incidents where Arsenal have been involved, where you do question, you know, referee, the refereeing decision. Like, even if you look at the stat about Saka, I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but the number of times Saka's been fouled versus the number of fouls he's given away and how many times he's been booked. It's something ridiculous. Like, he, I think, I can't remember what the stat is, so I'm going to probably mm. quote it wrong, but it's something like when he's been fouled, the opposition player's only been booked once, but he, this season he's been booked four times, something something like that. And it's like, that can't be right like i'm not saying there's i'm not saying the referees are against us but it's a little bit concerning that this second charge is coming because yeah like it, i don't know it's going to be interesting to see how Arteta handles it because um yeah there's going to be a couple there's going to be games later on in the season where this kind of thing's going to happen again and there's going to be mm. like really like highly charged moments uh, and the players are probably going to have to maybe think twice you could, you think you're looking at someone like granit Xhaka, like absolutely losing his shit but he's going to have to maybe just calm down a little bit but I, I don't know how do you do that in a north london derby you can't
0: no you can't you can't um so i'm really hoping it doesn't turn into one of those kind of games but i but i feel it, it will if if last season is anything to go by and generally our derbies are there always a motive like you say uh i mean i, I do think that our players have grown in maturity and you know we're gonna have a, a side that i think is gonna be able to cope with uh the occasion better. I would have loved if Jesus was available. I know that Eddie has been doing really well. Like you know, his since he's come in, he's he scored I think every game aside from the Newcastle game. You know, can't, can't fault him in that respect. But Jesus comes with a reputation of being a big game player. You know, he he was always picked for big games for City. Having him on the pitch, I think in this derby would have been phenomenal. I think Zinchenko starts on that basis. To be honest, I think yeah. Zinchenko will start because, uh, you know, Arteta will want to put that experience on the pitch. Um, and do do you, do you see that? Because you know, if you compare the sides, mate, like last season, we I think we started Tavares, right, a left back. Um, holding started. Okay. Um, Partey didn't play because he was he was injured during this period, right? Um, I I I think that's sort of more or less it in terms of the the players that were out. I think. Oh no no, Cedric played at right back.
1: Oh yeah, of course he did. Gave Cedric away the benefit. Right yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. This season it's very different. It's mm. it's we've got a fully fit squad aside from Gabriel Jesus. Do you, how much of a difference do you think that's gonna make, mate?
1: Having having a fully fit team or pretty much a fully fit team. If yeah, you compare I mean, the
0: sides that played. Yeah. It's
1: what it's it's when I think when the when the um we were returning for the West Ham game. So when we were previewing that, it could be, I think it was around then. One of the things that I, one of the main things that I felt was just really going to be really important for the rest of the season for us in terms of us being successful or not was just continuity. And, you know, we know we, we I think there's enough evidence now to see or to prove that when the, um, when the backup players come in, it's, just, it's obviously not as good, right? The level drops massively, but, there's also just that lack of kind of like chemistry between those players, mm. um, so I think it's absolutely massive. I think it, I think it's going to play a huge part, not just on Sunday, but for the rest of the season. Because, like I said before, right, most of these players are on fire. Like you know, you think about Martini, you think about Saka, I think about Erdogan. Like the performances they put in since they've come back from the World Cup have been been not phenom- like have been phenomenal. Maybe phenomenal was a bit strong, but they've been really really good. Um, and I think you know it must be such a boost to go into this game when you look and you say, right, we've got our first choice back five, like Saliba's in, Gabriel's in, you know, basically the back you know, the back five um, and Thomas Partey, like we keep saying, if Thomas Partey's not in the team this team is a different team yeah. because it's a completely different team and he's huge, like he's just absolutely crucial to the way that we play, so it, it, it's going to be massive and I, I think it's one of those things, like you sit there in the dressing room as a player and you look around and you see who who you know who's going out to battle with you essentially um mm. and it must give you such a kind of moral boost to know that yeah, it's not no no offense to these guys, but it's not Cedric, you know it's not um Tavares for example, um you know it's not rob holding um so. Yeah, and like I said, this this kind of whole continuity thing, at some point we're probably going to come unstuck because we're going to get a couple of injury suspensions, whatever, and there's going to be games where we're going to have to rely on some of these squad players and I think that's where it may tell because we're we're coping okay with without Hazers for now, we're coping really well without Hazers for now, but you take a couple more players out and it does start to look, we look a little bit more um, you know, we don't look like a top of the table team, you know, on paper um, and that's where I think, it. We, like I say we might come a little bit unstuck, but the longer that we can just keep keep players fit hopefully and keep this like consistent team um you know that that hopefully should mean that we can still continue to pick up strong results
0: and if we think about tottenham how tottenham are going to line up they've been uh, a bit unfortunate to be honest recently like in fairness to tottenham in terms of injuries they've Uh, you know Richarlison hasn't been available Kulisewski hasn't been available and in some of their recent games I want to say they've had some unavailability in central midfield as well Uh, I'm not sure I haven't looked at any interviews around the latest injury update so I don't know who out of those players is is coming back do you know every have you read anything about particularly Kulisevsky Richarlison
1: I thought they're. gonna be out but I don't yeah I'll be honest I don't know for sure I'm just having a look to see what because for, for, for me if
0: kuloseevski's out that's huge yeah um for me personally I think I think that that's a that's a big that'll be a big big loss for him for, for them uh you could argue that in a, in in many ways he's really making that front three tick when he's playing and, and when he hasn't been there's been a like a marked difference also, we know when I think about it, I think about um, Tottenham when when Tottenham been playing well this season, and I think about them using wide areas really quite well, diagonal balls um, to to wide players, Harry Kane being able to sort of sort of drop into that pocket and play in like people like Son and and, and Um, I, I think mentally, yeah, it'll be it'll be really positive for Arsenal and and really negative for for Spurs yeah, yeah. If, if he's not available. I'm not sure about Richarlison as well and I question his effectiveness this season Bl- blatantly he's going to come and score against us like Well he won the center. penalty
1: against us at the Emirates didn't he Yeah um, he won yeah, the yeah, penalty yeah. and he's one of those players like you saw what he did in the World Cup I know mean, I know that's for Brazil but he's just one of those players he obviously has the quality but um yeah I I mean look to to, to summarize I I I agree with you like Kulusevski's really impressed me since he since he's come to Spurs it's really annoying because like He's just really annoying because he's actually a very, very good player and potentially might be. I don't have they signed him permanently. Or is he still on loan? Uh,
0: I think he's one of those uh, obligation to buyers, and I don't think there's any concern
1: with that. I think they're going to pay it. They're going to get him. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, a bit, a bit of an annoying one, really, because he actually looks like a really like. And he a, was sort of linked with us a little bit before he went
0: to Spurs. There was that. I think there was a rumor that was floating around about him. Yeah, because we discussed him on our podcast. And and I think he was linked up to, to us just like on the day that we were recording. And I remember we had did a little bit of googling, and I remember us saying like, "Oh, like he won like Young Player of the Year in Serie A a couple of years ago." And I remember that conversation that we had. Yeah. Um And uh, I don't know if we actually were looking at him or not, but um, you know, I would like personally, you know, if you if you added him to our squad, I think that would be a, a good addition. <laughs> I would I would, t- I would take him yeah. in our squad for sure.
1: Definitely. I've just so I've just had a quick look on Twitter. And I feel a bit dirty because I'm looking at like Spur, <laughs> Spurs Twitter fan sites or uh, pages. But um, so apparently Kulishevsky and Basuma were both training yesterday. It was yesterday okay. the 10th. Um, no sign of Ben or Richardson. So maybe he'll, maybe Kulishevsky might be back.
0: Okay. Um, okay, not ideal. Ben if he's not available, is great. I think he's been really good this he's season He's been good as well. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He yes. looks really good. Yeah. Um, so, so that'll be
1: nice. Uh, do you, I was just going to ask you, mate, do you think, um, so with how Spurs are going to set up and come into this yeah. game? Because obviously it does feel like, not it does feel like, it's kind of obvious to say, right, Conte's approaching games pretty like pragmatically, right? And he's, he's, he's trying to keep it fairly tight at the back or not concede goals and, you know, relying on them coming good later on in the game still hasn't really happened because there's still been conceding goals and going behind a lot. But anyway, my question was going to be, so like, yeah, how do you think Conte sets up? Like when you think about the first 20 minutes or even the first half, do you think he's going to, given that they're at home and given that it's a North London derby, they're going to come out and try to attack us? Or do you think he might just play conservative and see like, get, you know, fi- get a feel for what Arsenal were, um, you know, what Arsenal are going to do in that first period of the game?
0: So I, it's, I don't think he's going to play conservatively. I think because ultimately his best chance of beating us in my opinion is not letting us grow confidence and and and, and effectively just kind of let the occasion if, if anything get to us and help them. I think the issue with them playing conservatively and letting us have the ball a little bit is that we'll grow in confidence, you know, we'll knock it around. The crowd aren't going to enjoy watching them not have the ball. Uh, so I don't think that'll help them at all. There's an argument to say, right, Paul Merson said, I think, uh, I read that, you know, he he said that he thinks that if Tottenham try and attack Arsenal, Tottenham will get decimated. He basically said Tottenham, if they if they try and go toe-to-toe, they'll get absolutely destroyed. But if they defend, then actually Arsenal might have a bit of a problem and cited the Newcastle game and said, you know, Arsenal would struggle to break them down, etc. And, and you'd probably think that, you know, Tottenham on the counter-attack are still probably better than Newcastle, you would say, on the counter-attack overall, if they've got, well, maybe if Kulishevsky doesn't play debatable, but still Kane and Sons, that's a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenally dangerous too. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure I agree with um, Paul Merson on that one. I think that uh, they won't defend, as in they won't play conservatively and play on the counter. I don't think they'll do that. And I think they will go on the front foot. And and to be honest, mate, then I think that, I don't think it's as simple as what Merson's saying. I don't think that them going on the front foot means that they'll get decimated by us. I don't think that. I think, you know, going back to the spirit of what you sort of said earlier at the beginning, form goes out the window and, you know, the rules just suddenly don't apply. And I think that it becomes one of those, cliche who wants it more type games Um, and if they don't let us get our rhythm and grow into it the fans will get you know behind them and then and then we'll struggle so I I think they'll try and I think they'll try and play how they did last season which was a a pretty physical pretty direct game I think they'll try and get balls into channels try and get balls into the box okay the advantage that we have the massive advantage that we have is last season we tried to play our normal tactics with Rob Holding and Cedric in the team so if we play a high line now, you know, Saliba doesn't have to like worry about getting beaten for pace.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, th- that being said, you know, I-, I I have a little bit of concern about Saliba. Not not uh, that sounds almost sacrilegious to say that. It's just that, you know, he's been on this little Ooh. bit of a yeah. little bit of form at the moment where he's got something in him, it feels. Uh, what do you think about how they'll set up, though, mate? Do you, do you-, do you agree with me or do I- you think differently? I- I-
1: uh, no, I think I, I think I, I can't see them. <clears throat> I just can't. I don't think you can, like if you're the home team in a North London derby or any big game like this, you know, when you've got, they have got good attacking players, like you said, um, and I just can't see them. I can't see them sort of sitting back basically and yeah, playing conservatively. I'm, I'm, I'd be very surprised if they have that approach. I think it's more a case of if Arsenal can really take the game to Spurs and yeah, like control possession, it might almost force them into a bit of a kind of defensive um defensive setup, as it were. Um, and it's, it's interesting as well to see, because both teams arguably could play on the counter. Both teams have got it in them to play on the counter. Like, you can see Arsenal being devastating on the counter. You can see Spurs being quite devastating on the counter. But like you say, we've got a lot more at the back to be able to deal with that this season compared to um, the, the, the the fixture last year. So, yeah, I, 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 I can see it being a bit of a classic in terms of mm, both teams really do. going for it. Yeah, both teams really going for it and trying to win the game. But it's also when you put when you put the narrative or the, the context around where we are in the season, Arsenal, both oh, I'd say Arsenal definitely don't need it to be that sort of game where it's like, uh, like a it's either we win it or we lose it, as opposed to just getting a point and and moving on. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't mm-hmm. we don't need the win, and it's kind of similar yeah. to last season in a way where I think a draw wouldn't be the worst result. It wouldn't be the worst result. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, man.
0: And do you think the team picks itself? So, you know, what I was going to say is there's almost there's almost 10 positions that right now are set in stone, you would argue. Um, and I was going to say left-back is the only one where, you know, there seems to be this kind of rotational question mark where Arteta through this season has said, well, you know, he'll sometimes go Zinchenko, sometimes go Tierney, sometimes go Tomiyasu in that left-back slot. Yeah. Do you who do you think plays at left back? I think
1: he'll. I think he'll go Zinchenko again. I think mm. the the tactic that we have, where <clears throat> obviously Zinchenko joins up with the midfield, and like I think a lot of good things happen, like come from from that. And I think Zinchenko is playing really well at the moment as well in that role. Uh, so I don't really see any need to drop him. And Tierney started against Oxford, right? Uh yeah. he did, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. At left back, so. I mean, I think that kind of tells you who's likely to start on Mm -hmm. Sunday as well. I don't think Tierney did anything kind of overly spectacular that would put a question in Arteta's head. Yeah, Um, And Tierney, look, you know, he's a fantastic player. He's a really good left back, but I think that he has a certain way, like his effectiveness um, is different to Zinchenko's or, you know, what he's effective at. And um, I think when you've got Eddie Nketiah as your striker, I'd rather have, I'd rather be building up play I basically would rather just set up how we've been setting up. You know, there's no need for to have Tierney in the team when he's the guy who wants to overlap and get crosses in. Mm-hmm. When you've got a fairly small striker like Nketiah and you've got Marcinelli who's just been devastating on that left-hand side anyway, I'd rather Marcinelli just keeps doing what he's doing. And I think with Jacker on that side, with Zinchenko on that side, he kind of has the freedom to always do whatever he wants. He's got protection behind him. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really see any need to change it. So for me, it's like 11 pl- the 11... Pretty, you know, assuming everyone picks itself. It picks itself pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, we, we, I mean, touching on that Oxford game, right? And how I suppose it, it relates to this game in some ways. I, I sort of tweeted that I didn't think that anyone really in that game would give, you know, on, on the basis of the Oxford game, I don't think anyone gave Arteta a selection headache uh. for this game. Uh, do, do you agree with that? Or is there anyone that you think could be knocking on the door? Vieira, maybe?
1: No, not, not to start. No, definitely not to start. I think, I mean, even Vieira, like he didn't, no one had a particularly good first half, right? So, hmm. I mean, obviously, look, yeah, it, it went well in the second half and, and obviously Vieira got his couple of assists and he seemed to kind of maybe grow into the game a little bit. Um, But yeah, I no, I don't think, to be honest, no, I don't think anyone really, really put in an amazing performance. The only other player that I can think of that had a pretty solid game was Turner. Obviously, he's not going to start. Um, yeah. Apart from that, no, not not really. Um, I think I think I guess with Vieira, it's gonna again. That's a really interesting one because if we are, let's say, one 0 down, twenty minutes to go, ten minutes to go, you know, I'm assuming he'll give him a chance and give him some minutes. And then the question is, well, who do you take off? Um, mm. Unless like someone's not a hundred percent in terms of fitness or fatigue or whatever. So that's going to be really interesting as well if we're in that situation because I would like to think you know there are one or two players that. You know, even though our squad is thin, there are there should be a, and obviously ESR's back now, so there should be a couple of players we can call on. But yeah, I, no, not really, to be honest, mate. I, th- I think yeah, we know we know who the eleven eleven uh, main men are, and or at least ten, and like you say, probably Zinchenko. So yeah, and I, and I think he'll stick with that.
0: And what does uh, a win or a loss mean? Do you think in this game? So you know, Arsenal at the moment. We're still the form team in the league, despite drawing to uh, Newcastle over over the last five games. Anyway, the last five games we won four and drawn one. You know, being at Newcastle, Spurs very patchy. Lost one, drawn, lost one. It's just the definition of patchy. You don't really know what you're gonna get. Uh, There's eleven points in between the teams. Spurs have played one more game, so it's that there's a gulf there. It's one of those things that if Tottenham win, they they close that to, you know, eight points, uh, but they'll they still, still have played a game in hand. Arsenal, on the other hand, you know, if they win, that gap gets extended and it's then looking a little bit, it's a little bit tricky for Tottenham. Um, you know, well, tricky for Tottenham in the sense of top four races obviously open, but you feel that, you know, every season, right, there's the, there's the, who's going to finish, you know, between both sets of fans, there's a, who's going to finish higher, Arsenal or Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just with that battle in mind, you think that, you know, if Arsenal win this game, Arsenal have to really, really, really like combust and Tottenham have really, really got to, you know, go on one for that gap to be closed, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, if Arsenal win, what did you say? It'll be 14 points with a game in hand. Is that right? Yeah. Like that. that's a massive lead. That is a massive lead. I know it's, it's still massive early, in it, Yeah, I Yeah, it's still early in the season, relatively, but... That yeah, like you say, that a lot would have to happen for them to come back at us, come come back and 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 overtake us. Like we'd have to be really bad for the re- for the rest of the season or the second half of the season. I can't I can't see that. Um Famous last words, but I can't, I can't see that happening. So yeah, like a win. I mean, I think a win, a win would just be huge, man. When you think about what happened at the back end of last season and how it all ended up, and you know, in terms of missing out on top four and the Spurs game was just a big part of that. And the way we folded, um, you know, the way we lost the game, Mm. you know, it just, everything was such a bad night that night. It was such so bad. And it was, it was just like awful. It was like one of the the worst games I've ever been to, to be honest. Mm. And, um, you know, and I think when you think about our position at the top and like City play United before we play on Sunday, obviously, or sorry, they play on Saturday, we play on Sunday. So we're going to know what City have done. And, you know, if, if United, funny to say if united do us a favor you know we're potentially talking about that gap becoming eight points six points if we draw and they lose or eight points you know i I mean at the most eight points which if you're talking about our our weekend involved playing spurs away and we then end up eight points clear i know it's kind of dreamland stuff but you know that that is a bit of a message that is a putting down a marker and saying we are I mean, we keep saying it every week. Are our, our Arsenal serious about winning the league? And I think a lot of Arsenal fans are not sure mm. if we can sustain it. Obviously, we're doing fantastic at the moment, but can we sustain it? But I think you know, if you go to Spurs and win, as ma- as many problems as Spurs have got at the moment, that's still a big, big game. It's a big, week. massive, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a real, real marker and a, and a and a and a real kind of like telling the rest of the Premier League, telling Man City, like you know, like we're we're, we're serious. So. Um, yeah a win would be huge for us but like I say man like a draw I'd, I'd take a draw I'd take a draw like it's just one of those games where you can't you just don't know like none of us went into that game last season and thought we were going to come out losing 3-0 I, well I didn't no. anyway and I don't think me and you did no no no, we didn't. So, no, so, no, no I didn't so um, it's just one of those games it's very very hard to score. and yeah I, I think a draw would be like a draw would just keep us ticking over it's, it's not a bad result. It wouldn't be a bad point at all. And then you just move on to United. It's a funny weekend
0: though, isn't it? As you said, because of the City City United game, it's almost a weekend where you almost, the result that happens in your game, you have to look in comparison to what happened in the other game. And I know it's a long season and it doesn't always quite work like that. But sometimes I feel like, you know, when it comes to a very emotive weekend, you just need to come out and see how unscathed you are. So therefore what, you know, whatever happens in our result there is that there is that added kind of lens of what happens at the city united game but you you mentioned that you're you're about united doing us a favor and stuff i'm a bit worried you know like i don't i don't quite know what i want to actually That's happen true. in that city game like yeah. i know that i don't yeah. want city to like i don't want city to win so i absolutely don't want city to win but i'm a bit concerned about the prospect of united winning cuz yeah. you know united win that game and if then if United beat us at the Emirates, which isn't, you know, outside yeah. the realms of possibility at all, they're then three points behind us. United are three points behind us on the playing, uh, having played the same amount of games. Like that, that's like a very worrying prospect for me. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, really yeah. don't want <laughs> that to happen. Uh, you know, th- okay, again, again, many things have to happen. For, for that for that situation to happen, Arsenal would have to lose to Tottenham, Man United would have to beat Man City, and then and then Man United would have to come to Arsenal and win. So there's lots of things that have to happen. But yeah. it's not a crazy set of permutations, is it?
1: No, no, it's not. And like it's a fair point. I kind of overlooked them because they've just quietly picked up the form a little bit and obviously winning games that they should be winning. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's a completely fair point. And, look, you, you know, the scenario you just sort of played out or talked about there that might not happen this weekend, but it could, or over the next two weekends, but it could easily happen at some point later on in the next few weeks, basically, right? Where we drop some points and United pick up wins and they're all of a sudden, you know, right behind us. Um, so, yeah, it's a fair, you know, I mean, I don't know, yeah, I haven't really, I don't know what result I'd want from that City-United uh, game, but a draw would probably be a decent result for, for us, I guess. Um hmm. I mean, do you see United sustaining some sort of title challenge? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question, like, you know, yeah, we're top of the league. We can start asking these questions now. Like. I,
0: you know what? Like, I really hate to say it, but I... So, look, I, I, based on what's happened in the season so far, I do have genuine reservations about whether Man City are as good this season as they were last season. Yeah and yeah. I know we spoke last episode and talked about the fact that okay even though they drop points they're they're still this experienced beast and um you know we talked about how much how many points they tend to accumulate the second half of the season but I don't know there's something about them which doesn't just doesn't look quite quite as perfect
1: as they're not, you know they're not as like infallible is that the right word yeah as, that's as that, that's probably seasons. the right
0: word to be honest mate because you know even you know the EFL the league cup was just their bunny wasn't it like it's the competition <laughs> that they just they they rest some players in, but they the team that they put out is always still better than the teams that they play, and they just they kind of walk that tour. It's their tournament, it feels like, and um, they played a they played a half decent side out against Man It yeah. Z- against Southampton. It wasn't like a really weak side, and Southampton are the worst team in the country right in the, in the Premier League right now. Yeah, you know, can't win a game. I think they've lost five in a row, maybe uh in the Premier League. Maybe maybe that's right. At least they've lost four and let me take that. No, they've lost five in a row, at least. Right. I can't see form past five, so at least five in a row. And they've gone unbeaten Man City in the Cup. That, that's weird. That's not like what Man City... That wouldn't have happened in Man City last season. So yeah. I think based on that, my, my concern about Man United is partly because I think that... If, is it one of those seasons where actually you know, maybe Man City aren't that, aren't as great. And therefore that's an opportunity for us as Arsenal. But, you know, then if it becomes a straight shootout between Man, Man United and, and Arsenal, then, you, you know, I think we're a better side than them. I still think we're a better side than them, but you kind of never know. Injuries start kicking in and, and whatnot. And Man United get a nice, you know, a nice injury free thing. We've seen what momentum and, and good feeling can, can bring Uh I mean that so far this window they've they've brought in they brought in Veg which you know isn't a um you know it doesn't light up the world it is not you know people around the world aren't talking about the fact that United have signed Veghorst, but it's kind of a smart signing it's a kind yeah. of signing which gets you you know you you nil nil and you you bring him on in the you know last 10 minutes and you go you it's know That's what we needed
1: against right? Newcastle. What we need against Newcastle really?
0: exactly. Yeah. It's a pretty smart signing it's a bloody hell lot smarter than most of their signings and and mm. um it's uncharacteristically smart than, um, you know, than what we're used to, which is annoying. Uh, So it is a little bit of concern. At the same time, I also don't want to get carried away in terms of my worry about United because their recent form has basically been because they've been playing some pretty crap teams in the league to be honest right they've been yeah do you know fight no no game is easy in the premier league you've got to beat what's in front of you and that's been doing that but let's not get carried away here right i think i think that the last i think the four wins that they've had recently have been against teams that are in the bottom six anyway it's mm-hmm. not it's not that big a number. We're, we're doing that for fun right like so um you know the jury's still out i'm not gonna get too worried it's just it's the Arsenal fan in me, mate, isn't it? Like, you know, we've we we've, we've just not been used to being a consistently good side for a while. Um, and I sure. think, you know, with this game, the nerves that are, that are kicking in and and the uh, yeah, the pessimists in us, maybe it just, it just it just takes over a little bit. Um yeah. But um what's your okay, let, let's go to predictions for it. What's your prediction, mate, for for Arsenal? Let's go for your prediction for Arsenal Spurs and let's go for your prediction for City Man United.
1: Oh, I've got, okay. I've
0: got actually the away and home teams the other way around in both of those equations. But you know, you know what? So I
1: mean. United, United, it's at Old Trafford, right? It's at Old Trafford, yeah. Uh, I hadn't really thought about this game. Um, I can see both games being a draw, like each of them. Yeah, I'm going to go one-one uh, in the Manchester derby, um, and Spurs. I yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for a like a bit of a classic North London Derby. They're all classics to be honest. They're always good games, but I'm gonna go for a classic North London derby two two. But my real worry, right, mate, is like I don't know if you've looked, know this or whatever, but so Harry Kane, obviously I know he always scores against us, but he's um uh-huh. his he's like one goal off equaling the all-time Spurs uh-huh. top goal scorer record, Jimmy Grease's record. And so obviously if he scores two, he beats it. And I think he's two off like 200 premier league goals as well something like that mm. so like mate i mean he must be sitting there thinking you know i've got to do it I've, in the dark. yeah got to do it like you know he must be that that i mean he's got not, he's, he's not like he, he's got much of a trophy cabinet to look at when he see when his career ends so he's going to have to have some of these kind mm. of accolades um so that that's like a bit of a worry because the the whole it's all set up for something like that, right? Harry Kane scored two goals Spurs to win and he becomes Spurs' all-time top scorer and gets 200 Premier League goals. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go for a draw, man. Like, I think... I think... I don't know. I, I just feel like as good as we've been this season, there's some games that you go into, North London derby or not, like Spurs away in the position that we're in, we're not chasing Man City. We've got a lead at the moment. And I think so, some games you can be kind of content with a with a point, and you move on to the next. Um, and I think I'm looking at it from that perspective, and I'm finding it really hard to split both teams. Like we've been mm. better than them, but we never win. We ha- like in recent times, in recent memory, we haven't had a good record at, at White Hart mm. Lane or, or the new stadium. So that that concerns me as well. But you know, I really want to say that we're going to go there and win, and we're going to smash them, but.
0: My head is telling me a draw, so I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Hmm. I'm gonna... debating, so I'm just going to go easy. I'm going to go, look, let me do the game for it. Let me do Man, Man United, Man City. Uh, I think that's going to be a draw. I think it'll be 2-2. Two, two. Did you say 2-2 two, two as well? Or 1-1? I said 1-1. One, 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 okay, one. I think it's going to be 2-2. Two, two. Uh, I think that's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be 2-2. Two, two. I... <sighs> I think Tottenham are going to win. Uh, but here's the thing. There is nothing. The reasons why I think they win win is very frustrating. Arsenal are a better team than Tottenham now. Right, where yeah. we are right now, at this point in the season, Arsenal are better, it's a better team than Tottenham. There, there isn't really a stat that could argue with that. We score more goals. We concede fewer goals. We have way more points. Okay? Basically. Like, yeah, know, yeah. Defense is better. Attack is better. We 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 win more games. Simple. Um but I'm this whole thing that is creeping in with the officials as well. It's, it's bothering me. Um, The fact that, you know, the memory, like you say, of being away there and that, that away record, not being great. What happened last season, the Harry Kane narrative, like you've just mentioned the Conte big game thing as well. Those things I'm a little bit worried about. Uh, I, I, and my, I can't in my head visualize us winning. Right, I can't visualize us winning. And I, I think that we are the sort of team in a good way. I think that we're the sort of team that will go for the win. So I think that if it is level, we'll still go for the win, like how we did against United. You know, I think we'll really, really search for the win. I quite like. I don't mind that we do that. I quite yeah. like that we're that sort of team but I just think those things I mentioned are going to really, are really going to bother me. And I really hope we win, man. Like, cause I know, obviously I hope we win as an Arsenal fan, but we are a better team than them. Yeah. And we just, des- you know, I'm you, we deserve to win. That sounds so cheesy, but like it would mean so much to the team, I think, and their mentality for the rest of the season. They would know it's such a, good game to compare because you know you went there fairly recently and you lost and this would just mean so much i think um you know and then you got home to man united and you're buzzing you're at the emirates and you're buzzing and you know like you said you, you mentioned how big an impact the spurs fans were last season you know when we were there and we can attest to the fact that you know Fans and atmosphere makes a massive difference. We have been part of a journey with Arsenal fans. We've been had the privilege of being season holders for a long time. This is probably the best atmosphere it's been. And you can feel that connection on the you can feel it. And if we can beat Spurs, we'll go at home to United. And the crowd's gonna be so, so up for it. Yeah, you know, you and you, because Im- imagine, imagine two games away. Imagine you beat Spurs and you beat Man uh, uh, Man United in two games. That's 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 what it's all about. Those are, you know, arguably those, arguably there are two biggest rivals. Arguably, yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Sp- historically,
1: sorry, yeah, historically, right, yeah, exactly. You know,
0: th- yeah. to fans like you and me. They're probably the two, the two yeah, that yeah. you want to be are those two, right? For sure. So yeah. it's just it, it it's just it's set up for glory. It's all, also set up for <laughs> total <laughs> devastation. Yeah. Um, but but um, let's see. Let let let's hope the players and the manager aren't as emotional as we are. Um, I want to talk to you about transfers again because I know you said you went on Twitter, but I don't know if you saw because just before the episode started, Fabrizio uh,
1: tweeted about Mudrick. Did you see that? Uh, I did actually. Sorry, yeah, yeah, just before, yeah, yeah I did. I did. I, I think he's tweeted again <laughs> nine minutes oh, ago, think... nine minutes ago, yeah. Um, I, like I Oh, wow, okay, here we go. Screen, Shall we, we read it out? I will yeah, read go it out. For it. Go for it,
0: mate. Exclusive Arsenal new official proposal for Mikhail Mudrik is close to 70 million euros fee plus add on submitted tonight, as revealed earlier. Negotiations ongoing with Shakhtar. Donets to discuss on add-ons package okay no issues on personal terms Madrid wants the move that's a big offer man 70 million Wait. euros plus add-ons plus add-ons
1: what was the first bid do you know
0: no i don't know but i i got the impression it was like 40 50 around that range it's <sighs> a lot of money a lot of money. I mean, look. I mean like we like we said last yeah. time don't really give a shit like don't well, give a shit. you know don't, <laughs> don't. don't give a shit like the only reason I'm, you start to the the
1: give shit. a shit is if, if the player flops like what happen happened with Pepe and then it's like everyone starts like every time he miscontrols a ball it's like oh you paid seventy yeah. million for him and that's that's just like for fuck's sake but but the, otherwise no yeah. I don't give a shit to be honest because he could turn out to be a gem so
0: the, the actually to, to be honest mate like that bit even yeah okay obviously that's an, that's annoying like you know i don't want any of our signings or any of our important and inverted commas signings uh chan says 40 so apparently our first our first bid was 40 million thank you chan um the, the only reason i care if the only element that i care about what we spend on players is if it prevents mm-hmm. us doing other things right and and you still don't you still never know that you never know it for a fact but you know if it gets to a point where you're signing someone for I don't know like 70 million euros and if Arteta and co are going saying like okay you know what that means that we can't sign the sort of central midfielder that we want or whatever like that that's the only that that's the only time where it would
1: I know I know you mean I mean you know what it is mate like I don't know if we've kind of met now as a club we've sort of moved past that a little bit because Mm -hmm. there's obviously the plan that started a couple of years ago and we've like every transfer window tried to execute that plan like in phases or in stages or whatever. And it doesn't feel like, like it feels like Mudric is part of that plan. Do you I know what I agree. mean? It's like it's the really good, really good yeah. point. Good point. And um, I also feel like, we're almost banking on like it's going to take if if we i mean basically if we don't get champions league next season it means that we have fallen off massively in the last 20 or so games of the season right so on the assumption that we've now we haven't secured it but we get champions league football next season that is that's huge in terms of like the finances right in terms of yeah income revenue whatever so um, like you say that was the plan the plan plan. exactly yeah, 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 yeah yeah so it's almost like they probably, you know, it's a, it's, 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 it's a shitload of money, but at the same time, I don't know if it necessarily affects. Like, for example, if, like, okay, for argument's sake, Declan Rice is the midfielder that we want to sign, and he's eighty million or seventy million. I don't necessarily think that us signing woodrick now mm. for more than we would planned affects, you know, again the yeah, next target. You. Do you know what I mean? I, so I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah.
0: I, I agree with you. So, that, so that's true, right? So, so you know, again, maybe that is something. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. I, I think that perhaps then, you know, if you weren't so targeted, if we didn't have such a strategic plan, then maybe it's more of a concern because, you know, you sort of think that, all right, yeah, actually, maybe they they, they were thinking, oh, should we sign a winger and a midfielder? or oh, maybe we can just sign this winger now because we spent too much money. And I agree with you, like, you know, we we debated so much last January when we were talking about getting a striker in and we debated whether we should do that. And I think you and I were sort of on the camp of saying, well, look, if they've got a plan you know and they know how they want to spend their budget over a series of years like you know do you is it not bad to just stick to the plan and not just kind of whatever and it's different schools of thought isn't it um but um no no look I'm with you and man like if Arteta is if Arteta and Edu are willing to spend this kind of money on a guy then I think that you know they've probably got real good feels um about him uh I I, I love the idea that you know, you've got someone like that potentially coming in in January, who's young and exciting and rapid. You know, like there were the the stats that showed he's the fastest player in the Champions League this yeah, season. Yeah, saw like,
1: that. You know, crazy,
0: you know, crazy wheels, man. Like, and that where Premier League pace, power, are, are massive things in the Premier League. Like, so in that respect, like, you know, guy guy fits in. Uh, you know, it all feels great. Um, you know, great options
1: for us as a side. It would have been really good. To have him done before so I was the derby Just board, thinking yeah, that. I was really just nice. thinking that. That that that's where it might be a little bit frustrating if we don't get the results we obviously want in the next couple of games. Like assuming he's not ready for, he doesn't. If we don't sign him before United, as well, uh, or he's not, you know, whatever, he's not in the squad for United. Even if we do sign him, um, that would be frustrating, right? It's just like one of those, one of those things that we always say, like, get you. We want. We want. The business done early summer and January so that that will be a bit annoying because it's such a crunch part of the season with two like massive games and mm. who knows like what effect he may or may not have had but you'd want someone like that just in the squad basically as an option
0: Yeah.
1: um but yeah man like and I think the other thing just to add to what you're saying about the transfer and stuff like he obviously he obviously wants to come as well like very very obviously right so yeah he's completely like on his knees for us so you know it it feels like it's going to happen which is like kind of mental because no, you don't really normally see these sorts of this sort of money being thrown around. Definitely not by Arsenal, obviously, but generally um, in January. Like, I don't think anyone else has really done. I'm trying to think. Has anyone else signed anyone? Like, I mean, obviously um, Felix, but even he's alone. You know, Veghorst, I can't really think of any other big I signings. Mean, Gakpo so went to Liverpool, right? Okay, yeah, true. Gakpo, Gakpo. yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's I think probably I think it,
0: that- so. I think that is it. And um I was thinking a really interesting parallel storyline here, right? Is if he if we sign him, um you know, over the next few days or whatever, obviously he won't make it for Tottenham. But if we sign him in the next few days, there's a chance that he makes Man United, right? Yeah. And when we played Man United, they had just signed Anthony Anthony, and Anthony scored against us, whatever. It'll be a lovely Fantastic bit of retribution <laughs> if you know Mudrick's first games against United and he
1: scores in a win. I'd love to see that. That, that, would will, be that would be pretty special. I didn't, I've just seen Stevie's comment. I had no idea Felix got sent off. I didn't realize. Oh,
0: yeah. I saw. I, so I knew I'm that because just... we've been
1: recording, so I didn't know.
0: So you know when you he's he got sent off before they scored the second Oh game. okay okay I didn't know. Yeah so it was oh, still wow. one, one, no, one, okay. all. What did he um, get
1: sent off for do you
0: know? Uh, I think it was a straight red so I I didn't see it well, I I read it on on the kind of transfer what not transfer but one of these final score whatever it is one of those apps. Yeah. And it seemed to suggest it was like a straight red like an out of control challenge. Oh no way. But then when I quickly went on Twitter it sounded like people were saying yeah it's harsh. Um
1: really. But, did they lose? Like, yeah. I see. It.
0: I I I don't know. I, you know, you said it, you said it was two, one and I haven't
1: checked either. Wow. Okay.
0: Um, but that is banter that, I mean, that is like, like, like Stevie's put it brilliantly there. Right. Oh yeah. Two, you one know,
1: finished. Yeah.
0: Stevie's put it brilliant. Willie ad scoring. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And, and Felix getting sent off is just mental. Like that uh-huh. is not I like, yeah, that is, that's, that's mental. Uh, our chance saying day challenge, I like, fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, that is very interesting. I always like, you know, I don't look, I don't, don't like Chelsea, um, but you know, one of my best friends is a Chelsea fan. And like I, I, uh, and he's a good Chelsea fan, to be fair. Like he, he never like gives me crap. And I remember in the banter, Arsenal banter era, I was talking to him yesterday about this, about, you know, the days when we were four and up against Newcastle and, and we drew four all and we were living together at the time. And, you know, he used to feel so sorry for me. Like, he was just <laughs> like, man, you know, you don't deserve this. This is like, you know, he felt, genuinely felt so bad for me. I genuinely, I feel like that now. Like, I know it hasn't been that long since they've, you know, fine. They've been winning trophies, like, not that long ago at all. But they properly look banter right now. Like, they they, they look like they're just complete team. a, of a mess, aren't they? Of, yeah, just mess, like yeah. mercenaries. And, and, like, I don't know what their system is don't know who plays where don't really understand are they have they got a strategy of young bringing young talent or not i don't know i I don't know um it kind of seems like they are then it's like they're signing loads of random players they get signing lots of attacking players but they need central midfielders and it's 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 crazy it is yeah exactly it is it is probably crazy um i think chan's not is chan just not impressed with uh china the comments is does not look impressed that i've um
1: what's the reference said I don't nice know. What, what reference is this excuse me boss
0: i i took that as he's just saying excuse me boss is in like you know excuse me what the hell are you doing you no
1: know, i think it must be from, from which is me and you're both clueless here i think this is oh, okay like, yeah, a movie or something
0: <laughs> yeah no idea mate no idea sorry chan um Oh, what Stevie did. Okay, so so Stevie's clock- clocking the reference. Anyway, sorry that this this little exchange must be really boring for anyone who listens to us on Spotify or on Apple or anything like that. So, apologies for that. Um, but um, yeah, okay. Look, uh, that that'd be great if we can get that deal done. That would be so so super awesome. Mm. Uh, what do you think about us drawing Man City away in mm. the FA Cup?
1: Not ideal, really, is it? I mean, yeah, not ideal. Not the game that you want. Um, like, if we go out, at least we're going out to the best team in the league, or you know, to the, you know. At the moment, the best team in the league, or previously, sorry. Um, I mean, the only kind of annoying thing, not the only, one of the annoying things is that he's going to have to put out a pretty strong team, if not a full-strength team. He might rotate one or two, but he's not going to be playing. Uh, well, I, I can see him playing. You
0: eight, can't nine, see him playing
1: and, Rob Holding and Nene, can you? N- n- he might He might play Nene Elneny because Elneny's experienced enough. Um, and Rob holding like he could, potentially might, but um, sorry, I've just seen someone like putting their car up outside my house under camera. Um, so yeah, sorry, but I, yeah, I mean, look, he's gonna have to go fairly full strength, so that's a bit annoying because it would have just been nice to have had opportunity to rest a few players and uh have a bit of an easy game, but um, otherwise, like, I think it's, just, I think it's just like I'm just looking forward to a decent cup tie to be honest. And if we can go there and win, fantastic, but. Um, it won't be any kind of shame if we end up going out. What about yeah. you? What do you think? Uh, I agree. I think, well, I think
0: we really obviously, I think we be really nice if we win. I kind of want to win the FA Cup this season, to be honest. I know that there's lots of people saying, Sack it off, we can win the Premier League. Like, yeah, maybe. Um, maybe, but I don't know. Like, the FA Cup's always had something nice about it, and I think we're a good team. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing is like, you know, just losing to Man City. There's a bit of that mental thing, you know, with two teams competing for 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 the title this season, you know, right now. And um, you know, does that give them a mental edge if they if they do? I, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm not there's lots of pros and cons that it's just maybe these things just even each other out and it you know, it it is it is what it is. Um it concerns me a little bit that Man United are still in four competitions. I think that's just really annoying
1: um don't, don't worry mate i don't think i mean what like as in what are you suggesting i mean i mean they they could win okay look they could win the league cup yeah but i don't yeah it's not completely
0: outside the realms of possibility at all that they get through barcelona and and then kind of you know they're, they're joint favorites for us with us i think for the europa yeah. league yeah um fa cup maybe and and as I said, you know this crazy, you know this, this 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 kind of doomsday scenario over the next two game weeks could mean that Man United end up very close to Arsenal. I don't know. Listen, I'm letting all these Man United fans on
1: Twitter clearly get in my head
0: because I've just seen well, some man. real bullishness on social media from their fans. And
1: maybe just the uh, the, the the Rashford. The... <laughs> Did you say? I think you retweeted it. Is it was it Rashford? Uh, peak Rashford is better than a peak or re or something like that. I think or something what? like current Rashford something. is better. <laughs>
0: Crazy. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. I see some crazy things out there on social media with Man United fans, man. I said the Man United yeah. fans is talking about how those are, like, I, I, you know, do you ever find yourself on social media going through, going to it, like just a thread of tweets that just engross you in a, in a really kind of like voyeuristic way? So, like, I just, <laughs> I, I kind of like, there was this, there was this tweet of some guy, and he's just like, like, where's he was basically saying, like, not gonna lie man like there's no one in the world that can beat us no one right now literally no one a man united fan uh-huh, right. and i was like that's really funny and then someone replies and this other guy like he's really you know agreeing with his bro here yeah and then are like he's just like no I man i can't see it i mean you know like i'm not <laughs> definitely not man city I, I don't know and they're like talking they're like literally going through all these teams like other top teams, and why those top teams probably can't beat them i was like this is mental like you've you've <laughs> beaten like a bunch of teams in the bottom six and you genuinely think you're the best side in the world
1: that's the annoying thing though isn't it because you go on a run of like how many games they won four games or so even against teams they should be beating but now they're on this mass like rashford's now informed they're on this massive high it's like ronaldo's gone you know martinez has come back from winning the winning the world cup like they've got like all these kind of positives and like boosts essentially so like it's like they're riding not riding their way, but they're just basically in very in, in good form. So now they're set up for these like big games they've got coming city and Arsenal. Yeah. And then you go into those games in a completely different mentality than you would say three or four weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? So like that's that's the annoying thing. I can I can kind of see like okay, obviously look, Twitter's just full of all sorts of types of phones. <laughs> so you take it with a pinch of salt. But I can I, I can see why they have conf, like why they have confidence. But yeah, they haven't these games that they've won recently, they've not like been tested by the best teams in the league so yeah i think got to, you've got to give it a few more games and see what happens no like you know on, con- on in contrast
0: like you know two fabulously modest men like you and i here going kind of like you know we've we've got three we've dropped points in three games in the premier league season and me and you're still wondering if we'll finish in the top four you know we're like, don't know don't know, you know mm. hopefully we finish in the top four type yeah, thing. Yeah. um you know um well, you know, let's wrap up in a second. But Stevie's got a, what's Stevie saying here before we wrap up? He says, not usually mega confident for top six games, but Spurs and United at home is such cash money each year. It's scary. That's fair. Like, I, you know, I do think that goes under the radar because whenever we, it's like, you know, where we go, and we play particularly Spurs away, right? Everyone's like, oh, like, you know, such even teams and this, that and the other. And it's like, you know, which way is this going to go and whatever. No one says that when Arsenal are at home, Arsenal win pretty much every every season against Spurs mm. at home and in United as well. Like, you know, it's very rare that Arsenal don't beat United at home. I think, you know, one I remember one of the last times I remember United what would beat Arsenal when Arsenal were at home was that game where I think De Gea, did De Gea break the record for something like saves in a in a Premier League game or something like that? It was like this outstanding game where Giroud scored in a a consolation in a two-one um you know we 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 rarely lose at home to to united but you know um i guess stuff like that does does sort of matter and Stevie yes you're right united could get a result at city so look it's all it's all happening so listen um we'll, we'll close it there My you know really looking forward to seeing the stuff on social media from you if you do get the chance to post anything from the tottenham game i'm very disappointed i can't be there with you but um but you know I knew, i know you'll do You'll do the boys proud. You'll be singing your heart out as always. You'll yeah. stab someone in the throat with a broken bottle. <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you know, all all uh, those things uh, you will you, you will do. Um, enjoy yourself, mate. I really hope we we Thanks, we can give you a good performance because, bro, like I was there with you last season. You can't oh, yeah. go through that again. That is awful. Like that is just heartbreaking. Yeah. And Sunday night, do you know what I mean? Like Sunday, mm. you you'll be getting home in the evening like late in the evening it'll be raining it'll be cold you don't want to have lost but if you win if you win then it doesn't matter man it'll be torrential thunderstorms yeah. and you'll be fucking over the moon won't yeah, you say so, yeah, yeah. um yes mate yes mate. all the
1: best for that thank you man i'm looking forward to it
0: everyone thank you for tuning in to the show thank you very much for chan stevie for for being in the comments really appreciate your interactions and um Hey, if you enjoyed the podcast, guys, if you're listening and you you haven't done so already, please subscribe, please like, share, please do those things. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, and look out for Mize on social media on the uh, Tottenham game. Um, you know, bringing yep. you the heart of what Arsenal fans will be experiencing that day. So, um, thank you all. Have a good good Derby Day weekend. Mize, pleasure
1: as always, mate. You too, mate. Thanks a lot. Catch you soon.
0: Thank you.